you, Pastor, as we uh, get ready to enter into the Word of God. When we pray, we will present our pastor that God may strengthen him in Jesus' name. Praise God. Today, I'm going to invite you to open up your Bibles. Amen. For the honor and the glory of the Lord. On to the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 11 through 13. A message that was first shared with our uh, Spanish congregation. God used our pastor. And uh, I felt that the Lord has spoken to the Spanish congregation as well as he is going to speak to us today. Amen. When you have it, you can say amen. Praise God. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Verse 13 or verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Amen. And verse 13. Till we all come into the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Amen. Praise God. The message today that pastor has prepared is entitled Growing to Minister. Amen. Growing to Minister. And let us bow our heads. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. In Jesus' name, we acknowledge you, Lord, right now in this moment. You are our Lord, our provider, our healer. And because of this, Lord, we also, before we present ourselves for your message to be received by our hearts, we present our pastor that you will strengthen him, Lord, is what we ask. Strengthen his body. In Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for the ministry that you have given unto him. We ask God that he will be strengthened in the name of Jesus Christ for your honor and for your glory. And now, Lord, we ask that you prepare our hearts as well so that we may receive the word of God, that we may be receptive and clear to understand the message today that you have for each and every one of us. We thank you, God, and I ask you once more that you right now at this moment remove anything and everything that may try to hinder the flowing of the word of God. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So our keyboard player in 30 minutes will ask him to come up here again and you may be seated. This letter to the people of Ephesus is written uh, to the people of God uh, with a very good teaching of the Lord and how the Lord is uh, fair in the sense that he does not ask us for things that we cannot do. And when he sends us out on a mission, when he empowers us uh, with a responsibility when he uh, gives us a task to do, count on the Lord to always give you exactly what you need. He has done the same with the church. In the Bible, once more, I'm going to read it. Uh, New King's James Version, he says, And he himself, speaking of Jesus, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists. So there's a diversity there. Some pastors and teachers. And the reason that the Lord does this, he gives us the purpose, of the word of God gives us the purpose for this in verse number 12. For the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. It doesn't say for just anybody. It says for the saints of the work 
for the work of the ministry, the work and the ministry that we have received from the Lord. So in other words, it's to, the, to prepare those men and women of God so that they can be equipped for the work of the ministry and also for the edifying of the body of Christ. Say, I am the body of Christ. Amen. We are the body of Christ for the edifying or the building up of the, of the body of Christ. And how long, the Bible says, verse 13, with the goal, till we all come, till all of us come to a, the unity of the faith, one faith, and the knowledge of the Son of God, that we know who Jesus Christ is. And, and when, when we are reaching this goal, it's to be a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, of how Jesus Christ uh, became to develop or the level of development of Jesus Christ. That is the goal for each and every one of us to develop and to grow. How many of you know that growing can be painful? Amen. Growing up. Uh, when we were children and something hurts, we cry because that's how our body deals with pain. It copes with pain uh, through the shedding of tears, through us uh, voicing out our pain and our suffering. That is how we cope with it. When we have a loss of a loved one, again, our, 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 our body itself expresses and deals with that grief, that mourning through crying out, through the shedding of tears. It's a very emotional thing that's happening in our lives. And we get to a time, though, where we have to take a step back and see. Okay, at one time I dealt with things this way, but now how am I going to deal with things? When we come to church and we come to the Lord and we are baptized in the name of Jesus, we begin to grow. We have entered into a stage which is the, the first, the beginnings. And we look at the Bible, says that he himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, prepared people for a certain work. So uh, growth in every sense is measured through a development or through a process. Amen? How many of you like to see puppies? We look at puppies and they're so cute, right? And a little bear and it's so cute. But then that bear is going to grow up one day. All right? Whether it'll be cute or not depends on your point of view. But uh, that, that little puppy will grow up and it's got to. Amen? And, and, and sure enough, and now we're talking about us as people have to grow. We have to develop. And we look at somebody and say... Uh, how old is that child? That, that child is, uh, or that person, that young man is 13 years old. But they have developed exceedingly tall. They are robust and they look, you know, they're 13 years old, but they're as tall as an 18-year-old, as big as an 18-year-old, as strong as a 20-year-old. So there's different the ways that, that uh, people develop. I've, I've heard of fathers say, I'm, I'm very happy when I see my son and he's really tall. He's only 13 years old. And they feel a happiness about that. But what about when their child doesn't grow? Then they begin to worry because the doctors will take a measuring tape. Will, will measure the overall length of the child. Will take a weight measurement. And look at a reference curve and say, according to this curve on this graph, your child is, is, is within the growth pattern or is under or is over. What's a, more of a concern is when they are not developing. They are not gaining weight. They are not growing. Personal growth and personal development. It's not something that you accomplish from one moment to the next or one day to another. 
How many of you have been walking in Christ for over a year? Or over two years? Some for over 20, 30 years. And it's a growth. It's a process. Sometimes people become very desperate or very anxious. And they want to go ahead and start doing uh, works or, or certain ministries that require a certain preparation. And it's okay that you want to serve. Just take your time and grow. So it's not something that happens automatically. Suddenly from one moment to the other. No. Skills and abilities need to develop. Gymnasts, when they are young, they begin to practice. They begin to train. They have muscle memory that develops. And they have muscle tone. And their muscles get stronger and heavier. And they become able to now be able to do certain uh, flips in the air versus just one. Now they're doing two. Now they're doing three. Now they can go ahead and, and do certain somersaults or tumble a certain way. Because their skills and abilities are growing. Are you following what I'm saying? One plus one is two. And two times two is four. And four divided by two is two. Amen? And, and we, we see these kinds of different kind of mathematical skills that are not given to a first grader or a second grader. Yet they are given a, a certain short division, long division, according to your skill set. And they say before you do algebra, you need to have certain basic skills. Amen? And then when you grow on those skills, I don't know about you, but I always used to kind of complain when I was in school and I had to do math. And it seemed like math was getting harder all the time. One week it was a certain uh, uh, part of math that we would learn. And then there was another principle the next week. And then it was just harder the next week. And then the next month was even more difficult. And then math just became harder every year. And that's the whole point of growth. You have to be challenged. You need to have something new. In order for you to, new, to, to grow, you need to encounter a more difficult task. And so we see that even in our Christian life, this is the same issue that comes up in our lives. Amen? Praise God. So now we'll move on to what was the concern of St. Paul. St. Paul was concerned with the growth of the brothers and the sisters in Christ. St. Paul or the Apostle Paul, he knew that uh, Christian growth was inevitable. In your Christian walk, when you begin to walk with Christ, growth and Christian development is inevitable. You have to learn. You have to grow. You have to uh, take on disciplines of prayer, of fasting, of reading the word of God. So that you can become nourished. So that you can grow and so that you can develop into a Christian man and woman that is no longer deceived or taken about by all different kinds of teachings. Paul was worried and concerned about this Christian advancement or growth. He taught us that when you are born, being a child is just the first part of life. It is only a phase. Right now, I have my 17-year-old who's going to be 18. Amen. Kind of bring, put her on the spot here. But uh, I remember when she was born. I remember when she was fed by her mother. I remember uh, when she began to speak, uh, when she began to, to crawl, or when she first began to crawl and then she wanted to start walking. And when she began to mumble uh, and say kind of weird things, but 
She then began to put words together and then began to form sentences. And then uh, her first day in, in kindergarten or preschool and then kindergarten. And it was a growth. I remember it. Amen. And it's the first part of life. And then came the time when I'm not a little girl. Well, she didn't really say this. I'm not a little girl. I'm a big girl. Amen. I remember I said that to him. There's a little boy here. And then the little boy stopped, looked at me and says, I'm not a little boy. I'm a big boy. I said, excuse me. Thank you. You're right. You're a big boy now. But then comes that time when it's like no more children's stuff. Now it's time to grow up. All right. So we see that children can be easily deceived. Amen. Um, I, I, I'm going to bring up uh, pastor's. Uh, example because it's something that many of us maybe had encountered before where uh, they they give you uh uh well pastor's example that today was one of twenty dollars versus a one twenty dollar bill versus five one dollar bills so you know which one brother marcos you would probably go for as a child do you want the five ones or do you want the 20 well when we're little kids we want the five ones amen Yes, we are easily tricked into thinking that that is much more. Or a tall, slender glass versus a short, wide glass. And we think at times that uh, we don't realize that it's the same volume distributed differently. Or we think uh, a nickel is worth more than a dime. Because a nickel is bigger than a dime. Right? Or we think that it's just a whole bunch more value in coins. I remember one time, I didn't know the measurement of, of value. And I don't know if you guys grew up, some of you guys uh, maybe remember this, but there was, back in the days, there was Voltron. Voltron, amen? And, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, this is the one that was formed by five lions that were robots and that would turn into one huge uh, robot that would fight against the bad guys. Well, in, in the swap meet and the other stores, they would sell the whole kit for about $50 or $100. And I remember I told my dad, why don't you buy me the, the whole set? It's only $100. He said, Mijo, that's a lot of money. I said, no, it's not. It's only one, it's a one bill. It says a hundred. It's one bill. That's all it is. He says, Mijo, but you don't know the value of that $100 bill. It was worth more than a $20 bill or than four 20s. But as a child, that's what I saw. Uh -huh. Have you ever heard of somebody tricking another person into, let me give you this candy for that set of roller skates? And that child doesn't know any better and is tricked. Well, Paul doesn't want that for our lives. If we go right now to, uh, to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 14. Paul says, we got to put a stop to this. you got to be built up. you got to be edified. you got to be trained so that we should no longer be children. Like little children tossed to and fro, carried about. He's talking about Christians that are no longer afraid of those other doctrines and other erroneous teachings because they are no longer children. Now they know to stand their ground. Many people are afraid of Matthew 28:19 because it mentions in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. I embrace Matthew 28:19. I embrace it. I'm not afraid of it because I have learned that there's biblical examples of what the baptism is supposed to be like and how it's supposed to be done. And there is a lack of a biblical example of this type of baptism in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And I take the scriptures from Isaiah. How a wonderful child is going to be born. 
Amen. An eternal father. And, 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 and it shows me, don't be afraid. Grow and stand your ground and stand up for the sound doctrine. There's only one Lord, one faith, and one baptism, but we got to grow to get to that point where it's like, I'm not afraid to talk about one God. I'm not afraid to talk about the baptism in the name of Jesus. I know that they even talk about that there's a mother God, but that's not what the Bible tells me. And when they come and start to tell you these kind of, uh, of doctrines that are just erroneous, you got to be able to hold your ground and not be wondering and, and doubting yourself. Is it true? No, I know what the truth is. And the truth is in the Lord Jesus Christ and the word of God. Stand your ground so that you will no longer be children tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine or fundamental teachings by the trickery of men. Trickery of men that take a Bible scripture, isolate it from the rest of the word of God, take it out of context and teach you something that isn't true. And they act as if it's true, a lie that is true. They deceive a person. They make them think things that aren't right, that aren't true in the word of God. And they seem to be able to prove it biblically. But it's not the truth. It is trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. You see, you got to know not everybody out there is really trying to push the truth. No. They are purposely sometimes deceiving others to take them to other doctrines and other things that are not the truth. Amen. So we got to, one more time, no longer be children. Stand our ground against those false doctrines and stand up for the word of God. Now, God will give you a calling. According to God's calling, God will give you that kind of ministry. And if God gives you a ministry then he is going to make it possible for you to be able to serve and minister. So today, right now, say to yourself, I am a minister. Pastor mentioned something that I remember as a child when he came here, he made some changes, which we are very grateful for. Um, and it's fine in other churches, you're going to see this, but uh, more than 11 years ago, before Pastor got here, the ministry used to sit in a certain area. And back in the old days, it was up here at the platform. The ministers were there and the speaker was sitting, standing here. The congregation was sitting where, right where you are. And so everybody thought, those are the ministers. Be respectful to the ministers and by all means, be respectful to the men of God. That's a, it's, a, it's a special ministry. But I want you to be aware of the fact that the word minister means servant. Somebody that serves. And so if you serve, you are a minister. Amen. Say, I am a minister. Now don't go out there trying to get credentials and marry people the next day. Amen. That's a different kind of ministry. Ecclesiastic. What we're talking about here is serving in the Lord. Serving in the body of Christ. Teaching Serving in all different kinds of uh, skills and abilities. And you can grow and you can be called for different kinds of ministries. And the point here is that God will give you a vocation. He will give you a calling. And so therefore, Ephesians chapter 4 verse 1. Let me tell you, you are not recruited by an, an agency. You are called by the Lord. And because you are called by the Lord, we ought to conduct ourselves as 
being called by the Lord. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, Paul says this, beseech thee, or in other words, I beg you to walk worthy, walk worthy, conduct yourselves, live a lifestyle worthy of the calling which you were called. It's not a cheap calling. It is a powerful calling. God himself is calling you. Amen. I know what it's like to be recruited by somebody else, a company or, or the military. I know what that's like. And that's great then because they see a value in a person. But isn't it even much greater when you feel a burning in your heart and you feel and God is calling you. I want you to serve me. I know it's going to be tough. Many people are making you think that you can do it. But God says, I am calling you. I am going to equip you. I am going to give you power. I am going to give you anointing. I am anointing you. Yes. Praise God. Yes. Yes. And so we ought to walk worthy of the calling in which we were called. Yes. Because we were called by God. Thank Amen. You. you are called by God. Yes. Some of you have been called from a very young age. Some of you born into it. And then you hear the calling of God. You remember the man of God that was... A miracle that he was born to a sterile mother and she surrenders him onto the priesthood. This little boy is asleep and he hears Samuel. And Samuel wakes up and he goes to Eli. He says to, to the priest, did you call me? I didn't call you, boy. Go back, lay down. Goes back and lays down, Samuel. He gets up, goes back to his teacher, says, did you call me? I didn't call you. Samuel and then uh, we get to a point where he tells him look when you hear him call you say here I am Lord and the Bible tells us that Samuel goes back and lays down and he hears Samuel speak Lord for your servant hears you and the Bible says, uh, says that the Lord has a conversation with this man this young boy of God amen now let's look at what Mark 16 verse 17 says because according to the scripture, we are believers. Amen? We are believers. And we don't have to go chasing signs down. Amen? Say that. I don't have to go chasing any signs. Let me tell you why. This is what the Bible says. And these signs will, will follow those who believe. Who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe that he is God and I believe he is holy. And I believe that right now, even though I cannot see him, I believe that he is here right now. And I cannot see angels, but I know that there's angels all around us protecting us. And I got to tell you something. Maybe you don't realize this, but the presence of God is in this place. And he says, these signs will follow those that believe. He says, in my name, in the name of Jesus Christ, they will cast out demons and they will speak new tongues. Praise God. The next verse tells us something very marvelous. Amen. Verse 17 says, or 18 says, they will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them, and they will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. Praise God. See, back in the old days, people used to think that the ministers were the ones that were the only ones that could pray for somebody, and they would be healed. People used to say, uh, please go take them to the minister, to the pastor. 
so that they'll pray for, for my child that is very sick. But the Bible says that these signs will follow you if you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. If you are convicted, if you have surrendered to Jesus, God himself will manifest. And it reminds me of a, of a preaching where a man of God was called and he was far away. He says, what is the problem? And the woman said, uh, uh, Pastor, uh, I need somebody to come and pray. And I need somebody to come and do this. God spoke to her. You, actually, he, she was trying to get a hold of the past she couldn't get a hold of him she was calling and calling and calling and looking for somebody and the Lord spoke to her you don't need them right now all you have to do is just pray right now and cast this demon out in the name of Jesus Christ and she was empowered because it's biblical praise God say it it's biblical and there's no mistake in the word of God. It says this is who you are. The world would have called you maybe a loser, maybe a no good, maybe a drug addict, maybe an immoral person. But Jesus Christ says that if you believe, you will cast out demons in the name of Jesus Christ. And that when you lay your hands on the sick, that they will be healed by the power of God. You will speak in new tongues. And if anybody tries to poison you, don't go out there trying to see, hey, try it. Let's see if you can poison me. Don't do that. But I heard of a testimony, Pastor, many years ago um, of, a, of, a, of a pastor in Mexico, Brother Juanito, I don't remember his last name. But that supposedly somebody tried to poison him at a restaurant. And, 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 and before he ate his food, he, he, he said, Lord, I want to thank you. Thank you for this food. I want you to bless it, Lord. Let it be edifying to my body. And, and he finishes the first round. And, and the, the people there are like, we got a poison. They have put rat poison in there. He said, you know, Pastor, would you like a second serving? Well, sure. No problem. Thank you. And as soon as they serve him, he prays again, Lord, I just want to thank you for this food. And they're waiting for him to die. And the pastor finished, it, finished his food. He got up and he said, thank you very much. And he left. And people were convicted because they said, man, we could not kill the man of God. He didn't even know it. But God was already there protecting. This was a, a, a brother David Pacheco had preached this testimony when he came to our church many years ago. And so it's biblical that the Lord protects us, protects you, protects me. God is the one that's going to give the ministries. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. As we get, amen, almost halfway through this. And he himself gave some to be apostles, those that laid the foundation, doctrine, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers. God gave these ministries. You know, God may give you a ministry that maybe you're not too crazy about. Some, some of you are going to start feeling a burning inside of you. Like Jeremiah said, it's like fire. Amen. He said, man, the Lord called him and he suffered and he suffered. And, and Jeremiah, they called him the weeping prophet. He said, I'm not going to. One day throw him in the jail. He says, I ain't going to pray no more. He kind of was giving up. And he says, it's too hard. It's too hard. Look at them other ones. They don't have to go through this. And look at me. Sometimes you may encounter that in your Christian walk. This is too hard. I just want to be like the other brothers, like the new ones. Brother and sister, remember, they're brand new. They're learning how to walk. We already ought to be walking, even trotting, and maybe even running. Amen? For the, for the honor and the glory of the Lord. So we got to teach others through our example. It's over. The easy days are over. When you enter Christ, it's a commitment to grow and to grow up in Christ. It's about... Now getting to a time where 
He calls you. He calls you. No matter where you go, you will never escape the calling of the Lord. But he does this with a purpose. Ministries have a purpose. Ministries are never for one to exhibit themselves, to show off. Because it's not through human ability. It's not. A great man of God, pastor knows him, he was with his mentor, preached, and he gave testimony of when he was younger. Of when he was not yet fully mature, greatly used by God. Being used by God does not demonstrate your level of maturity. It's just a demonstration of his ministry being manifested, his presence, his power being manifested in your life. And this man of God, he confessed and he said, man, I took the, the place and I thought to myself, now I'm going to make God's glory fall in this place. He said, but God saw his heart, how he thought that everybody would be blessed when he preached. He said, and God spoke to a fly. And a fly was flying about, and when he was about to speak, the fly went right into his throat. Made him cough for over 15 minutes to the point where he says, I cannot. And they had to put another preacher. But see, God sometimes will rebuke us and correct us and tell us, you didn't heal nobody. As a matter of fact, you didn't even believe this was going to happen. I'm doing this because they believe, not because you believe. Amen. Sometimes, sometimes people are guilty of that. And, 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 and we pray. And don't get me wrong. It's not that we don't have faith. We have faith. But I'm going to tell you, I have gone into a situation where I have faith and I believe. And the Lord still surprises me when he does the miracle. It's like, wow, I thought it was going to be great. It's more than great. It's awesome, God. God does something. God always tells us, remember, it is not you. It is I. And sometimes, sometimes God will end up reminding us. That it's all about him. It is not us. It is not the one with the message. It is the one that has sent the message. Amen. So they say don't shoot the messenger. It's not their fault. Amen. Praise God. And, and don't think that the man of God is the one that blessed you. It is God who has blessed you. Mind you, the man of God is the instrument. We don't cast them aside. You are the instrument of God. Not to be cast aside. To be used by God but with a spirit of humility or humbleness in your life. Remember this, the purposes or the purpose or several of them are for this, for the perfecting of the saints. To perfect the saints, say, I am the saint. Amen. Traditionally, people speak of saints as St. Paul, St. Peter, St. James and all these saints and they have gone to the point of actually making sculptures and statues and images. And they call them, these are saints. No, those are images. The saints are the children of God that have been sanctified. That's why you are a saint. You are going through a process of sanctification. You have been justified by the, by the power of Jesus. When, he, when you were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, you are justified by your sanctification started the moment the word of God started to bring a change in your life and sanctify you to make you more and more holy. And it's a process. And so this is for the sanctification of and the perfection of the saints. The perfection of the saints. I'm going to correct that. It's the perfection of the saints. And for the 
edification of the body of Christ. To build up the body of Christ. We've said it before and I believe it. The preachers of the English ministry are here. Those that are going to serve in English ministry are here. You are part of the history of this church. You are part of the history. You are the people that God is going to use to build up this English ministry and to bring others and others will come and take that place where you are and you are going to be using another place where you are already equipped and you are going to be working in order to minister to them first you are ministered to then you become to you come to minister to others amen, amen. number three so that we all come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the son of God all come to one accord, one understanding of the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. That's one of the most important fundamentals in our Christian life. Who do you say that I am? He asked Peter. Jesus asked Peter. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Blessed are you, Peter. For this was not revealed to you by flesh nor blood, but by my Father who is in heaven. And unto you I tell you that your name is Peter, and upon this rock I shall edify, I shall build, I shall edify my church. Upon what rock? That Jesus Christ is the Messiah, the Son of God, the Son of the living God. We have to come to this perfection, edification, and unity of the faith. Growth is individual, say it's individual. I cannot grow for you. You cannot grow for me. I can pray for you, but I am not going to pray for you. Get it like this. I can include you in my prayers and intercede for you, but it is up to you to pray for yourself. It only goes so far for me to say, Lord, strengthen them. And it's your responsibility to say, Lord, I am in your presence that you will strengthen me. It's, I'm telling you, I'm teaching you how to come to Christ and how to pray in his presence. But you got to go ahead and take that time. Break away from this, from that, anything. Come over and kneel before the Lord and speak to the Lord. We can teach you, but now it's your responsibility. It's your duty to grow, to mature in your spiritual life. If you'll please stand. Philippians chapter 2 verse 12 therefore my beloved as you have always obeyed you've obeyed always not just not as in my presence only not just when I'm there but now much more in my absence you're obedient work out work out your own salvation with fear and trembling trembling he says this to the people in Philippians to the Philippians in other words take care of yourselves take care of your salvation you are responsible. I've heard people say before. If I don't get baptized, it's because of your fault. And the other person's all walking about all scared. And I'm like, stop, stop, stop. Hold on, hold on. Stop feeling guilty because of their inability to make a decision and commitment unto God. You can't fix that. They have to work on that. Don't put it on them. Take it on you. You're the one that says yes or no to Lord. Good examples or bad examples. Everybody shall give an account to God. I have to set a good example. But I also want to set this good example to you. That I have learned 
as I've been taught, to focus not just on what other people's testimony is, but what his testimony is. Let me say it like this. Put my faith in the one that I cannot see. Learning from the ones that I can see. I learned from others how to have faith in the invisible one. And my faith was placed on him. Because if we place our faith in man and man stumbles, then our faith will stumble. But he taught me grow up. Grow up. When I didn't like this, I didn't like that. Grow up. It's with me. My commitment is with the Lord. And you say that. My commitment is with the Lord. Almost to conclude is, the reason we need to grow is because of love. You need to grow because of love. And love is a decision. Thank you, Brother Sanchez. Taught me that. Love is a decision. Love is, this kind of love is not romance love. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about this love where you forgive, where you support, where you believe everything. We're talking about loving God. We're talking about when you were a little boy like I was or a little girl at one time, you were taken to church because your parents took you. I don't know about you, but it wasn't my favorite thing. But thinking back, it's never our favorite thing of not being of being told you can't do this, you can't do that. I want to do whatever I want. You can't do whatever you want. I want to run across the street. You got to stop. You got to look both ways. You can't go across the street like that. It's a discipline. But then came the time, you know what? I want to go. My mom would say, my God. And I would say, my mom and my dad's God. But then I had to grow. And it's like, my God, my Lord, my Savior, my responsibility with you, my relationship with you. That's what it's about. It's got to be because of love. Why do you do this? Why do you come to the Lord? Why do you come to church? Why do you go to friendship groups? I do it because I love him. Because he loved me. Did I learn this right away? No. It took time. It was a process. And I got to understand it's because of love. 1 Thessalonians 3 verse 12. The Bible says this. 1 Thessalonians 3.12. The first letter to the people of Thessalonians, to the Thessalonians. And may the Lord make you increase or grow and abound in love to one another and to all, just as we do to you. Do you love your brothers and your sisters? We, we can't just say, well, I, 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 I like the examples. You know, something. I can't. People, people that have not yet developed truly or you know, as well as we could will turn around and say, man, I got to go, but I can't. Not now. When they're first brand new, and if you're going through this, I'm going to help you with this. But I just can't stand that brother. I just can't stand that sister. There's a failure to understand love. That's your brother. That's your sister. We don't kick them out of the family. 
They're yours. That's your brother. That's your sister. You're going to be with them till the Lord comes, so you might as well get along. I told somebody before, if you can't stand that person, go be nice to them. If they're mean to you, be nice to them. They came back and they were like, it worked. I was respectful. I was nice to them. And now they're like my best friend. Win them with love. We are one body in Christ. Can you say, I am, a body, I am in the body of Christ. First Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13, the next verse says this. So that he may establish your hearts blameless in holiness. Your heart has to be blameless in holiness before our God and Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Your heart's got to be blameless. Your heart has to be healthy. Love is so important that amongst all the discussions, the presentations of the gifts and the ministries of the Holy Spirit, as if Paul has some strange agenda, he interrupts by discussing and telling us about love. In the midst of all the gifts, speaking in tongues and word of knowledge and word of wisdom and miracles and healings and prophecy and speaking of tongues and interpretation of tongues and all these supernatural verbal gifts and prophecy he says but there's a more excellent way and that is love love is greater than all the gifts people fall in love with the gifts instead of loving the giver of the gifts they love their ministry more grow up Grow up. Don't love your ministry more than you love the one that has given you the ministry. Today, I'm going to invite you, maybe just like I do, at times have to reflect. As we finish with Ephesians chapter 4, verse 13. Remember the goal of all of this. We have to grow. We have to grow. When I was a little boy, it seemed like more on colder days, I'd wake up at night crying in pain rubbing my legs, feeling this intense pain inside my bones. Mom would have to get up and uh, she would use vapor rub, take my socks off, and she'd start rubbing my legs and she'd say, in the name of Jesus Christ, in the name of Jesus, the growing pains. When your bones feel that pain because they're growing, it hurts. It hurts, but we have to grow. God wants his children to grow. God wants me to grow. Say that. Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That is why he has given us these ministries. For us to grow. To be strong. To be mature in Christ. As the man of God said at one time, John Maxwell, you can be young once and immature all your life. And I remember when I was somewhere around ninth grade, and it was, or eighth grade, and I, and I looked at all, we were mixed in sometimes seventh and eighth graders, depending on the skill set of math. And I remember somebody said, and I looked at the older ones and the ones that were my age and a little bit younger, playing around, and, and I thought to myself, what are we doing? 
let's sit down, let's be quiet, let's look at our notes, let's get ready. And then somebody one time came and said, man, you guys are a lot quieter, you guys are mature. But we got to a point where we said, what's the point of playing around? Let's get to work. Let's open the books. What you got to say to us, teacher? Finally, the teacher said to somebody one time, it's not that we want to give you problems in math that you'll never encounter in life. No. She said something that revealed a lot of understanding to me. It's that we want to teach you how to be a thinker. How to use logic. That's the goal. We're teaching you abstract things that don't exist in life. But they exist in the mind and they teach you to think a little bit different at a higher level. And we understood it. All right, let's get to work. If you, I'd like to invite you to come up here to this altar. And I'm going to give this place to our pastor, the man of God. Amen. Let's see. He will see fit how he ministers to us. And that God will bless him and God may bless you. Thank you for the word. Let us all come to this altar. It is very important that we understand that there's a purpose for our life. We heard the word, and it was given to us, backed up by scripture. And heaven and earth shall pass away, but the word will never pass away. So we have to abide by that scripture. We want to thank God for co-pastor bringing it up and explaining it so so vividly and transparent, real. I need to grow to minister. I need to grow first. Because if I grow, then I can mature. And as I mature, I can help others. That's the reason Paul told Timothy, take care of yourself and the doctrine. We need God. Let's ask God to help us at this time that we may open our understanding to the Word of God. I want to grow. There are things in my life that need to be better. I need to know Him more. And I've got to show more love to Him to myself so that love will turn into service to others. Let us raise our hands right now. God, you know exactly what we're going through. You know exactly what we confront. You know exactly what we desire. Lord, let me understand that my mind has to be lined up with your mind. Let me understand, God, that as I plan, it's not my will, but ask that your will be done. Let, let your word become a reality in my life. Lord Jesus, I, I want to grow in order to minister that I may help someone else, God. That what I receive by grace, I may in turn give by grace. Lord Jesus, there are those that are here, God.
understanding that we're in desperate need of you. Because if you don't edify us, everything we do is in vain. But we trust you for your word, Lord Jesus. Because we want to be vessels in your hands. We want to be instruments in your hands, Jesus. Do with us as you will, Lord Jesus. We are that clay in the potter's hands, God. And we're asking for you be the potter, God. For you to work in our lives. Take everything that hinders me, God. Take it away, Jesus. My thoughts that are not lined up to your thoughts. Lord, my desires that are selfish, God. And that I may understand that you are the giver of life. I thank you for your word, God, as it has come to us today to enlighten us, God, to give us nourishment, God, to give us understanding. And I pray at this time, Lord Jesus, that I don't want to be a hearer only, but I want to be a doer of your word. Lord Jesus, let me live your word. Let me put it to practice on a daily, on a daily schedule, God. That you will be the center of my life, God. The center of my day, God. I surrender it all, Jesus. I surrender it all. I surrender it all, Jesus. So that you will be exalted. So that you will be blessed, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I surrender it all. Without a doubt, we're going to be confronting different things throughout this week. Without a doubt, we're going to go through hurdles, God, that we have never confronted or faced. We're going to come across things, God, during this week. But we heard your word, Lord Jesus. We were called with a purpose in our lives. I'm going to fulfill it with your hands, God. I'm going to fulfill it with your will, Jesus. I'm going to fulfill it with your spirit. Not my will, but your will is going to be done this week in my life, God. I'm going to grow to help someone else. I'm going to grow to minister, to serve those that need me, God. I pray, Jesus, let me be that instrument of praise. Let me be that instrument of worship. Let me be that, that instrument of God of honor to you, Jesus. I praise you. I praise you, Jesus. I praise you, God. Just worship him, church. Yes, God. Yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. Yes, God. Yes, Jesus. Yes, let him know you want him.